welcome to the definitive guide to the one campaign Facebook ad account. It's literally all you need. We're going to break down the how and why this works. And you're seeing a lot more folks say, we're going to kind of get away from doing the test in one campaign and the scale in another campaign. I've been running this since 2019. We literally wrote the case study that's taught by Facebook four years ago. We're going to break all that down, the structure, the execution, also how we can use that to scale, not only spend, but efficiency. So when we come away with this, you're going to know the architecture, the structure, the what, the why, the how. One campaign ad accounts are all you need. And personally, I'm using them to drive over a million dollars a month in spend at a profit. And I've done that for years. I've taught people around the world how to make it happen. And we're going to dive into it in just a moment. But first, I want to say thank you very much. I know you could be literally anywhere on the internet right now, and you've chosen to be here. And I really appreciate it. So feel free to ask any questions that you have. Let me know any way that I can be of more help to you. Also, if you like what you see here, please go ahead and subscribe. We also have a newsletter. You can go to newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com and sign up for that for free. Now, all the things we're going to talk about today, as well as on all the definitive guide videos you'll see, and everything on the podcast and on social, we talk about all of it inside the Facebook Ads MBA program. And big shout out to our community over there. Uh, if you want to know more about that, uh, in short, it is an immersive experience with lifetime access to over 100 hours of video, dozens of eBooks, courses on every discipline that you need, and a community of elite advertisers from around the world they're focused on helping each other be successful with the same standardized and repeatable system and process so they get more success and less stress. That being said, let's go. So how and why the one campaign architecture works? Let's break this down for a second. Number one, let me just give you the architecture and I'm going to show you a sticky note so that you can see it right here. And for those listening on the podcast, We've got three active ad sets in one CBO campaign. These ad sets are comprised of two dynamic creative ad sets and one winner's ad set. That winner's ad set is comprised of the best post IDs from the dynamic creatives. Generally speaking, we have about three to five ads in this winner's ad set. And the purpose of the other dynamic creatives are to provide better options than the ones that are currently inside of that winner's ad set. In this architecture, we'll get deeper into this, but this is a control and a scale and a test and a variable in one single environment. So all that being said, let's dive into the how and why this works. First off, in Facebook, Spend is a meritocracy. Your money will go to where it meets Facebook's business objectives best. And Facebook also tries to align their business objectives. Part, part of it is to make sure that the advertisers are successful. Now, I see a lot of people saying, well, Facebook's just trying to scam me and take my money. Do you really think it's Facebook's best interest as a business to scam you and take your money? Do you think they even care? My point here is it's in their best interest to provide a positive user experience for their customers. Ultimately, Facebook's product to us as marketers 
is the attention of their user base. Our job is to take that attention and use it to conduct market research and to create intent so that ultimately we can drive a higher volume of higher quality users into our sales funnels. Now, this is the exact same if you're doing low ticket, high ticket, lead gen. This campaign structure works for you no matter what niche you're in, no matter what your market is, no matter what your budget is, no matter how big your business is, because ultimately what we're gonna do is we're gonna align our marketing efforts with how Facebook is designed to be used. Effectively, we're going to start using the tool properly and then adjusting our expectations and our workflow in order to best take advantage of the opportunity that Facebook brings us. But ultimately, again, is market research and intent creation. You cannot scale a brand on intent-based platforms like search nearly in the same way as you can with Facebook. You can't scale a brand on the back of email nearly in the same way as you can with Facebook. Ultimately though, Facebook will not work if you don't have a successful business and it amplifies that business. Now, how this actually works is fairly simple. We're using a CBO campaign, so Facebook can literally spend wherever they want, ultimately to drive the best result for them. We're also using only broad targeting. Now, a lot of folks say that broad targeting is a lack of targeting. That's a lie. Every, first off, the ad set, the detailed targeting, the audiences, they don't do targeting. They don't determine where your ads go. They just restrict where your ads can't be shown. And why this is really important is to understand that every ad itself is making its own lookalike audience. Let me give you an example. If your ad gets shown to 1,000 people and 500 people like it and 500 people don't, who do you think is going to see the next 1,000 impression? Do you honestly think it's not going to look Somewhat like the folks that responded positively to the first thousand. Wouldn't Facebook want to show content to people that want to see that content? That's in their best business interest. interest. In their best business interest. That was a terrible sentence. Anyway, the point here is when we become algorithmically aligned with what Facebook's objectives are and we understand that it makes no sense to try to hack the machine, the machine is smarter than anybody could be. It makes no sense to try to undermine the data integrity with silly things like ABO or interest groups because we're never going to be able to predict where the inventory is today on Facebook. We're never gonna be able to predict how to deal with other advertisers. We're never gonna be able to predict who responded to what ad and why and when our second or third or 12th touch that actually gets somebody over the finish line, when that gets done, where are they and who are they? We use CBO because ultimately the idea of using ABO is predicated on the, I, the concept that you're smarter than the machine that is looking at billions of people, has data on every bit of their spending behavior and tax information going back over a decade, and sees what people do and has data points numbering in the trillions on every single user, and does so in a dynamic environment with auctions that occur thousands of times every few microseconds. And that's an understatement to the complexity of the platform. If you legitimately think that 
attribution is broken and that you can't trust the platform, why do you think you can use any of the information that you see to predict the future based on incomplete out of context data from the past? That makes no sense. Instead, we use a CBO style setup. And in our CBO style setup, we have a winner's ad set, right? And that is effectively performing the function of the control in our test. Those should be our best ads. Those should get the most spent. Those should provide us our best results. Now we might see uh, one of our dynamic creative tests do really well at a much smaller spend and that's great, but can it scale? And if it's not scaling in spend, why? Remember, spend goes to where the opportunity is. If every ad makes its own audience and spend isn't going to where you want it to, it means that someplace else is a better investment. Now you might say, oh, I don't know. I'm getting a much better ROAS over here. First off, ROAS is nonsense. Attribution is nonsense. You can't give credit to the very last touch point for the entire customer journey. A nice little example here. If we say that, well, car salesmen sell cars. So all we need to do to be a filthy rich and brand new car company is hire a million salespeople. Well, the attribution says they get credit. Why not just invest more there? Now, if that sounds as absolutely ridiculous to you as it does to me, ask yourself, why do you care about attribution on Facebook? Why are you using ABO? And when we're looking at the macroeconomics of the entire situation, ultimately what we're working on and what we're working towards is the blended result of ultimately lifting the rest of our business. So what we're really trying to do is get the best net overall output of results from the platform. And we use CBO, we're not worried that, well, one ad set's getting a better result today. We don't care. We care, can I predict that this thing is always gonna do well? Is it doing well on a regular basis to the point where I can rely on it more than something else? Is it demanding a lot of spend? Is it doing all of that and delivering a very good result in a way that is better than something that I already have in my control environment, which means I would be scaling efficiency? Or is it doing so in a way on an audience that my current control environment is not actually reaching so we can scale overall growth and reach, which will bring in new types of customers? The point of this is we have to start thinking about how Facebook operates and how macroeconomics work and understand that audiences don't mean anything. Attribution doesn't mean anything. ROAS doesn't mean anything. All that really matters is what is the net blended CPA from this platform when I let it go broad? And how do I best use that to amplify my other paid channels? If you found this valuable, please go ahead and subscribe, save, share this with your friends. Ask me any questions that you have on that topic.
Now let's get into the structure and execution of the one campaign ad account. Now we went over this before, but I'll bring it up one more time. Our ad account can look like this. One winner's ad set. Two dynamic creatives designed to produce post IDs to work in that winner's ad set. To ultimately bring us to a total of three to five active ads within that ad set. And then more dynamic creatives ultimately run while sunsetting the ones that are currently live to make room for them so that we have better options of where Facebook can spend their money. And we do all of this in a CBO environment. Now, the structure here is fairly simple. And there's a big reason for that. We don't want to be testing 10 things at once. Do you want a really good answer with extreme confidence rather quickly? Or do you want to be testing a bunch of things and then chase the winner on very low data sets and worry about having any confidence in the success at all? The point here is the fewer variables you have in a test, the higher confidence you can have in the output of that test. If here our test is basically, we have a control environment, our winner's ad set, and then we've got one or two, because you don't even need to be running two, one or two dynamic creative tests, assembling, following the 322 method, no more than maybe 12 to 20 max possible iterations of ads. Now, that's ultimately maybe 24 to 40 additional ads that we're running alongside our winner's ad set, but we all know that the delivery there is not going to be even. We're going to get a fairly hyperbolic distribution among the best possible iterations of those elements. Because remember, every ad is just another web page in Facebook's environment. When we use dynamic creative, that web page is reactive and adapts to each user's needs. And it collates the information from all of the users to ultimately produce the best possible blended output. Our goal is to make sure the best possible blended output put for Facebook's business objectives also meets our own. And so the point here is ultimately, we're not trying to hack the machine. We're trying to do the best we can to set up the machine to do all the work for us. Now, chase this down. If you truly believe in interest groups and post IDs and ABO, basically 2016 version of Facebook that has been all empirical evidence says you shouldn't be doing it. If you truly believe in that, then you also have to understand that when you extrapolate that out to the nth degree to understand scale, you're going to start running into a limitation on resources with regards to time, money, creative, the ability to take insight, and the ability to make sense of an ever growing volume of variables and an ever more complex system. And if you ever want to take a day off, you might go out of business. The point here is 
That is the logical conclusion of that thinking. Now, first off, that is extraordinarily undesirable. Second, that's actually not even how you get the best results. And third, that's an incredibly inefficient way to run your business. Now, if you want to run any business and think of your ad account as a business, you have to get really good at understanding how do I scale the value of my time? It's not about you doing more work, but the work that you do producing a greater force multiplied effect. How do you make the machine stronger and stronger and smarter and smarter to do more and more work that doesn't require you at all? That's what Facebook is designed to do. I know because I you know, work for the engineers to help build it. The point here that I ultimately want to get to is we're going to be focusing on using an, a, uh, an, an CBO situation. We're doing that with a control environment and up to two dynamic creative testing environments. This allows us to that, that follow the 322 method. And this allows us to A, have extreme insight into why money is going to a certain place. Also, the net output of that effort. For instance, if you've got 10 ad sets, or for that matter, even 10 ads, and that ad set does well today, great. If that distribution isn't the exact same tomorrow and the next 14 days in a row, do you have any idea what action you should be taking? Or are you just going to say, well, this thing got most of the spend most of the time. I think that one's going to be good. But this other one was way more efficient. I'm going to grab that one too. And now, now you're making human judgment calls. And you can be dead wrong. Because maybe Tuesday was really good, but Friday was terrible. And somebody left a bad comment on Saturday. And now you're looking at the results on Monday morning and have completely inaccurate read on the data. And you also have no ability to understand that because you have way too many variables going on and you're not running with a control environment. So you don't even know how these things play out in the real world. One of the reasons that we use a CBO with multiple DCTs and those DCTs have to earn the spend against our control environment is so that we know not only do these things work well in a test, that test is being evaluated against a baseline. When we have a test campaign and a scale campaign, all we know is what got lucky in the test. And then we risk the entire business with our scale campaign to understand if that thing that got lucky was actually any good. That's a terrible way of doing things. As a matter of fact, if you were to set that up as a scientific study, no legitimate paper would ever publish it because you're violating the scientific method. Actually, the only time you start the scientific method with legitimate earnest is when you put that winner into your scale campaign and risk your entire business on it, which is a terrible way of doing things. Don't heavily invest in unproven assets. Nobody should ever do that in any facet of business. The execution is fairly simple. We have a control environment of hopefully three to five ads. 
mind you, that three to five ads is the right number if you're spending a hundred bucks a day, or if you're spending $50,000. And believe me, I've done all of that for years. And it basically still holds true. Now the execution here is our dynamic creatives, they have a life goal. Their life goal is to produce new ads for our winner's ad set. Their life goal is to produce post IDs to use in our control environment. That's it. Once we are running those tests and we feel confident in the projectability of the outcome, then we can declare that test over. Your test should never run to the Gregorian calendar. Do you think the scientific method legitimately cares about time? Do you think the scientific method actually gives a damn about how some rich people in Italy decided to arrange the way of putting time on a piece of paper according to the movement of the sun? Of course not. So when that test is over, you take the ad out and you put it in your control environment. If it's good enough, get rid of that ad set and you launch a new one. That's really the execution to all this. It's not that hard. And sometimes you don't need to touch something this week. Sometimes you don't have to do any work at all this week on Facebook. I hope that makes sense. And if you have any questions about this stuff, please, again, feel free to comment below with them. Feel free to subscribe. Ring the bell so that you make sure you don't miss any of this stuff. Now, let's get into the down and dirty of it all. How do we scale? Great question. We scale in two ways. Number one, we're scaling efficiency. And that is the far more important way of scaling. And if people don't talk to you about scaling efficiency, even in their best efforts, they're not putting your business needs first. Scaling efficiency is all about getting a better result from the platform. Now, often the way that we look at this is CPA. Now, you might get a better CPA by targeting a retargeting audience, but you're going to get a better CPA on Facebook. I can tell you I get a really good CPA on Facebook. Use a targeting audience that only retargets the people that opened emails, send out a 50% off sale, and then hit all those people with ads. You're going to get an incredible CPA. You know what else you're not going to get? Any additional revenue. You know who doesn't care about that? Your finance department. Your bankers. Your fulfillment team. None of them care. It's another reason why ROAS is complete nonsense. And we never use ROAS or honestly MER. Because MER is just the same lie that ROAS is, but at a higher scale, so it sounds smarter. And it's pushed by the same people that were swearing by delayed attribution right up until Facebook took away the 28-day click. Now, for those of you who've been following me for years, you know around 2018, 2017, 
Since then, we've been preaching that that stuff is complete nonsense. And we've been building eight, nine-figure businesses around the world on the back of that. And other people have disagreed and said, well, Facebook just isn't working. Is it not working? It's not using it right. Not my call. Just a question. So how do we scale? When we do the dynamic creatives, if we are running a concept in that dynamic creative that is effectively addressing the same type of user, basically focusing on the same targeting audience, because remember, our ads do the targeting. So if our ads appeal to the same types of users, they have the same targeting audience. But it does so in a more efficient way. Maybe one ad is running at a $32 CPA and the other one's coming in at like a 28. That's more efficient. Now, ultimately, what we're getting to here is if you can improve your efficiency by 10%, you get 10% more customers to your store and you get 10% more sales. The fun thing is when you get 10% better efficiency on your Facebook ads at broad, you actually get better search results. You actually get better email open rate. You actually get lower returns and better LTV. Why? Because you're reaching higher quality customers. And because those customers are having a better interaction with your business, you're improving your advertiser score and estimated action rate, which in turn continues to push down the cost per acquisition that you're going to be seeing from your ads. Which means you're scaling your business without having to spend any more money. Fun fact, I took a business from a $60 CPA down to a 12. And the Facebook ad spent from $3,000 a day up to $50,000 a day. We decided to cut back Facebook ad spend by over $30,000 a day. That put $1 million of EBITDA into the business. And we were still making more money than a $50 CPA at $5,000. And the LTV on those customers went up by double digits. The point here is Facebook's job is to ultimately drive a higher quality and a higher volume of customer to your store. Now, the beauty of once you start to scale efficiency, say your target CPA is 50 bucks and you get it down to 45. That means you could theoretically spend 10% more money at a complete loss and you're still meeting your objective. Now, maybe you don't see any sales attributed to Facebook today. Go take a look at your search results. Go take a look at your site traffic. Go take a look at your email signups and your opens. I bet you they're looking better. And the longer you run that, the better they're gonna get. And what this really means is when you scale efficiency, and you develop a larger profitable scaling margin, a PSM for your offer, you can spend more money. You can invest some of that margin into scale and growth. Now we don't spend so much that we can't ever, we, we, we pass our CPA targets. But if your goal is at 50 and you're coming in at 45, why not improve it by 5%? Why not push 5% more spend? I'll bet you, you get a couple more sales. Maybe after you push your spend up from 
you're at 45 and your goal is 50 and you increase your spend by 5%, maybe your CPA rises like 46.5 to another 5%. Maybe it comes up to like a 47 to another 5%. You could do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday until it hits 48 bucks. And I'll bet you, you probably go up by more than 25% in the space of two weeks. Now, you might be saying, well, 25% not that big. But remember, this is a stable, projectable result. It's not immediate scale today that has to drop off tomorrow because you broke everything. This means that your new worst day is better than your old best day. And your average day is better than anything you could have done before you started. That is a win. If you can focus on as small as, say, 2% a day, over the course of a year, you will more than 3x your business. Are you a $600,000 brand that wants to be a seven-figure one? You're 2% better a day. Are you a $4 million business that wants to be an eight-figure one? You're 2% better a day. You want to go from 1 million to nearly 20? Do this for a couple of years. And that's on a very reserved projection of 2%. And I apologize. That's not a day. That's a week. If you can do 2% a week, that's 3x in a year. Point here is ads do the targeting, so you don't need audiences anymore. If you don't trust Facebook data, why are you possibly trying to say, well, I can use it but to predict the future based off of incomplete, inaccurate visions of the past? That makes no sense. And are you really testing an ad if it's not being run up against something that it actually has to run up against in market? Or is that just a test? to see what you actually start testing. How much money and time are you wasting testing against the Gregorian calendar? Because somebody told you that weeks and days and hours and minutes matter, and that somehow that has anything to do with statistical significance of machine learning. Do you honestly think a random set of ones and zeros gives a damn about the movement of a sun? No. So start using the scientific method. You might have heard of it. It's been used by some podunk fellas like Copernicus, Newton, Tesla, Adam Curie. The point is, if you're not using one campaign and you know about it, the biggest barrier to your success, your decision-making. I'll leave you with that. Please, if you love this thing, subscribe. If you have any questions, comment. Let me know what they are. And uh, YouTube thinks you might like a couple of these videos. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, I'm just pointing randomly on the screen. Until next time, I'll see you on the internet.